Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Healthcare Experience Matters. I'm your host today, Casey Callanan, podcast director here at the Healthcare Experience Foundation. We have a familiar voice joining us today. She is Katie Owens. Of course, she is the president here at Healthcare Experience Foundation and joining us as well today. I am super excited to welcome you all to Michelle Brady. She is the Chief Experience Officer with My Michigan Health. I'm going to have her kind of kick this conversation off by simply just introducing herself and telling us a little bit about what her professional role there entails. Well, hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here and to be part of this. I've listened to many of your podcasts, so excited to be um, with you. So yes, I'm a registered nurse by background. I've been with My Michigan Health for 34 years, started right out of high school, uh, worked in a variety of roles. Uh, Most of my clinical experience was at the bedside in the emergency departments. Um, I've been a night shifter and um, then started into leadership in um, med surge supervision type of role. And then we're part of a a big health system. So we have eight hospitals serving 26 um, counties throughout the state of Michigan. So uh, got into leadership in two of our more rural hospitals as the director of nursing there. And then most recently, I am the um, chief experience officer as of 2020 and overseeing all things patient experience related from the surveys and the data to the patient relations department with grievances and complaints. I also oversee the training and development around experience strategy. And um, I'm the director of relationship-based care as well, which is our care delivery model. And so I get to um, weave that into all of my conversations. So that's a little bit about me. That's great. And uh, I would really what jumped out at me at that answer was starting your position in 2020, because we all know the significance (laughs) of that year. And so we might want to touch on that a little bit later. But first and foremost, as an icebreaker, why don't you just tell us something interesting about you, your life, um, what, what you do out there in Michigan for fun, or just something that's not on your CV? Sure. I am one of seven children. We uh, live in a really small town in um, Hope, Michigan. So right about in the middle of the mitten, um, just an avid sports family. We uh, live we lived on a farm. Um, I live on some of our family's land still and uh, love to entertain and bake and um, have all of my big family around me. That's really when I'm at my best. But Or when I'm watching two of my favorite TV shows, Schitt's Creek, and um, I'm a, fa- a fan of Call the Midwife also. So anyway. Probably too much information. Uh, No no way. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. But now I want to shift it back to healthcare. And uh, I mean, your background, you know, obviously very accomplished. You've done a lot for patients over over the lifespan of your career and your journey in this field. So what what uh, what brought you into it and what kind of keeps you into it? What's your what's your passion? What's your why here? So I don't remember ever not wanting to be a nurse. Um, 
our family was involved in a car accident when I was five. And um, actually, my father was was killed in that accident. And so really got into being around hospitals very young. I had a uh, cousin that was a nurse. And I think that was such a meaningful and formable time in my life. And kind of my role in birth order, I was the baby and, um, you know, try to comfort folks and keep it light and smooth out the rough spots for people. That was kind of my role. So I don't remember ever not wanting to be a nurse. I really feel that it was my calling um, to do. My sisters would say I couldn't type. Um, and so I had to go into nursing. So, um, but but really it's a calling for me and um, it's the connections that keep me there the connections from being at the bedside um, and now those connections with with providers, with new nurses, with new leaders, with um, other professionals and and hearing the stories, right? The stories of people impacted by by healthcare providers and nurses. And my son just graduated and has his bachelor's and is working um, as a nurse on the night shift. And, and hearing it from his perspective, I think that's what keeps me moving is all of those connections and the power of those connections. Every time I've had the opportunity to collaborate with you over the last number of years now, you yeah. have just always stuck out as one of the most genuine, authentic leaders. And just to hear some of your personal background and I can just see so much of how you show up every day with that mindset of compassion and you know being in it for for that true why because that that's just something that can't be inauthentic in being successful in a role like yours. Thank you. Michelle, I was wondering, you know, as Casey and I were preparing for this conversation today and, and as you and I were bouncing back and forth ideas I know that communication is such a passion of yours and um, that connection and helping staff understand the power of their words. How have you approached using words and language to make a, a significant impact in uh, patients' perceptions of their care? So I think it comes from a couple of different spaces, right? Um, I think when we look at the patient's experience, that being the memory of it that they take with them, right? Mm -hmm. And as a, a leader, we come up with scripts and tactics, right? And strategies. You know, often I hear, Michelle, what's our strategy? What's our strategy? Well, I can give you best practices, right? Mm -hmm. From, you know, the greats of Quint Studer and keywords at key times and, and all of these best practices. And what I found is folks come to me then and they'll say, Michelle, we're doing everything you gave us on the list, right? We're still not moving the dial. And then I'm like, okay, how? are you doing it? How do you show up? And um, as we watch and we mentor and we talk and have these conversations, it it's an aha to me. It's not what we're doing. It's how we're doing it. Right. And, and the words that we use and how we say the words. Right. So, you know, I think about patients coming to into healthcare at a very vulnerable space. Right. And they're craving connection at that time. They want to connect. Um, when I think about folks in a in a, those vulnerable spaces throughout my career, personally and professionally, when you're waiting for an update, right, from, from the doctor, from the nurse, from somebody, and you hang on every word they tell you, 
why and you're searching for the good, you know, what was the positive in this? So for me first, it's, it's laying that out there and it's, it's the awareness and using some of my personal stories to say how much these, these words impacted us. Right. So then you take a deeper dive and you say, well, what are those words and, and how, what are the words that make a difference? And I think it's not only the words that we use with patients and families, but it's the words we use with our teams that we're leading that really have to be at the at the first level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. I was just with an organization and, you know, we were working on you know, some improvement strategies. And as we were move, going from patient room to patient room, what I think you, what you said to me is just so profound because what caused the greatest degree of anxiety was the conversations that they were hearing happening at the nursing station. And so how do you, I I mean, I've had the opportunity now to work with you in in my Michigan. And how do you, across such a diverse network of member hospitals and and different communities, how are you working alongside the leader, staff, and the physicians to be more mindful in the words that we use? And and honestly, the words that you probably work to, to eliminate from the vocabulary. Right, right. So just like this morning, prior to this, I have the opportunity to set with all new leaders in our health organization and and spend some time talking about um, our patient experience goals and our care delivery model. And part of that conversation starts is includes the words we use. And one of my big kind of sticky um, wickets, or I don't know what you want to call it, is um, when we say, oh, the frontline staff, right? The boots on the ground, they're in the trenches. And that's how we talk about our staff, right? Okay, those folks, and I have a slide that shows, you know, men in a foxhole. Those folks are fighting an enemy, right? They're And if we refer to our team members, our staff as frontline in the trenches, boots on the ground, then guys, who does that make the patients? That makes the patients our enemy, right? So for me, it's starting to have this conversation. I have this conversation now with new leaders, more over just the last six months. Mm-hmm. And now when I meet with new nurses and transition to practice, I start to talk about that. Like, don't you want to be a professional, right? You're the first line staff. You're the direct caregivers, right? You are at the bedside, right? You are, you're not in the trenches in x-ray. You are the person performing the, the imaging that will determine someone's course of treatment, right? How do we think about ourselves? And we think about a workforce that's burnout, been through a pandemic, right? Been through this social polarization. Mm -hmm. We have to be careful of how we talk about ourselves or we start to believe it, right? And, And so I think for me, I'm on kind of a mission to raise just the awareness, right? Those words matter how we talk about our staff, and then how we talk about the patients, right? Mm-hmm. Can you call them by their name instead of their room number? It's very yes. simple, right? Key strategy, right? <laughs> and and using words like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm here. My name is Michelle. I'll be your nurse for the next 12 hours. I'm here for you. How yeah. about that for reassurance at a time right. when 96% right. of patients have great fear? Right. I've got your back. 
oh, who do you have with you? Oh, this is your daughter, Katie. Katie, just so you know, I'll be your mom's nurse today. I'll probably, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I've got you, right? Mm -hmm. I can say, my name is Michelle. I'll be your nurse for the um, today. Let me know if you have any questions. All right. It just feels different. Mm -hmm. It just feels different. It absolutely does. And, and it role models and it sh everybody wants to be a part of the winning team and they want to know that they have mm -hmm. the best team taking care of them because at the end of the day, they are the most important person walking through your doors yes. in their lives and in their families. And Michelle, something else that you just said that I'm going to pre-ask you to rejoin us about, because what you're describing is something we're working really closely on, which is the intersection of health equity and the experience. And even some of these points around being mindful and reducing, which is a journey for me, the violent language in our vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how are we meeting people where they're at in a way that they can understand and, and validate and being sensitive to um, the things that we say, the things that we chart about, because it's it carries such a wake forward and, and that violent language carries, it produces stigma. Yes. So our organization, we, um, our care delivery model, like I said, is relationship-based care. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, you know, attuning, wondering versus judging, you know, being really aware of what are my implicit biases? What's the lens in which I look at things through, mm -hmm. right? And, and my lens my glasses work for me, but if you put them on, they might be really blurry, right? It doesn't make them bad. It's just my lens. And and I have to be really aware that your lens is different than mine. Right. And part of being a good clinician is being aware of what are my biases, right? And ooh, I gotta caution myself. I need to be aware. And you know, I encourage our nursing staff to to say to a patient or a family, what matters most to you today? I encourage the providers at the beginning of their their interaction. What's on your mind? What what were you worried about last night? And and to try to to make it more about them and what their agenda is and what's important to them because if I don't know what's important to you and I don't at least ask what I think is important you're not going to hear. So that respect for everyone's worldview and that person-centered care and how extraordinary that you have the opportunity to connect those dots and, and impact so many lives. Really try. I sometimes I feel like I, I say I'm like a Rottweiler trying to get through the cat door. You know, I'm trying to like, just listen to me. Just give me two minutes, right? So. Just that analogy is so powerful right there. Yeah. I'm getting all of our listeners right now can just see that imagery. Sure, sure. Definitely. And one thing I always like to ask at the end of these interviews is just to make sure we've covered all our bases. Um, was there anything else that either one of you, Katie, Michelle, wanted to mention about what's important in this discussion when we're talking about being mindful when interacting with patients that we just maybe haven't mentioned yet or anything else valuable that you wanted to leave us with? You know, um, I'm going to, I do, I would like to add two things. Um, one is that it's all about relationships. 
right? And if we can, in the moment, whether it's that short bit of time in the ER um, or a longer stay or, a, you know, your provider, your long-term provider, it's the relationships that we make with folks that create kind of that buffer and that margin. Because in healthcare, when we do miss the marker, there is a delay or there is a complaint or a grievance. If we've taken just a little bit of time and are aware of how we show up with folks, and the words that we use, those relationships can create a margin or a buffer for error for when we to, you know, give us some grace. Patients are much more likely to give, give you grace if they really felt you cared about them. And, and I think that's so very, very important and cannot be understated. The only other thing I would add is that what I ask of folks doesn't take any more time. This is just how you show up doing the work you're already doing. This is not an additional thing. This is just about how you show up. And there's always time to provide some comfort to someone, whether it's your smile, your eye contact, a hand on the shoulder, you know, flipping the pillow over to the cool side, um, whatever it is, you have time for that. And those are the things that matter. So thank you for asking. Oh, no question about it. This this discussion has been definitely a powerful one. We've been joined by Michelle Brady. She's the Chief Experience Officer with My Michigan Health. And we've also been joined, of course, by Katie Owens, who is the president here at the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And just want to thank you both for your time this morning. This has just been a really great conversation. I'm excited to get it out to our listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you for every, showing up every day with this drive and um, energy to, to make healthcare better. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.